Hey, hey, welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston, and this is episode 91, How to Not Lose It When Your Kids Lose It. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. And we're back another episode. So this topic is one that I got from my Facebook group. There was a mama in there who um, was just kind of talking about how she struggles emotionally because when her kids kind of lose it, like they, whether it's they're having hurt feelings, struggling with emotions, and that could be because they got bullied or they're not being included or they you know, mom told them, no, they can't have more candy or that food or go to that friend's house or whatever. And they just start losing it because they don't want that to be the case. Right. So think about a time in your life when this might have happened. Like, so this happens in our house when we give our kids no answers. You know, can I have more candy? Uh, No. Can I go play at this friend's house? No, you got to do your chores first. Or I want to watch another show. No, we're going to go outside and we're going to play in the playground. You know, then they start crying. And this happens with all of my kids, regardless of their developmental level or their um, them being differently abled. Like they're all, <laughs> they just lose it when they don't get what they want or when they get treated in a way that they don't like, right? And this, I guess, makes sense, right? This happens to us as adults too. But the hard part is when your child is losing it and you're losing it because they're losing it. Now, I have discovered that there are a couple of reasons why this happens. And the two that I want to share with you today have to do with either trying to connect with your child or, oh, I don't know if you guys can hear that. My son is at the door. My husband's out there with him right now. That's so cute. (laughs) Um, so I would actually say that there are many reasons why we can become emotionally volatile and why we lose it when our kids lose it but the two prominent ones that I notice are first that we've connected our value as a mother to our children's outcomes so when we are in public at the park and our children are harming other kids or are harmed by other kids I mean whatever it is or they fall and get hurt or you know they're just they're having a rough time or we're trying to have a conversation with someone else and they keep bothering us and bothering us and then they start to get upset and we start to get upset um it's when they are behaving in a way that we feel reflects badly on us as mothers that we tend to attach our identity as a mother to our children's behaviors and emotions. So when our children don't behave well, the immediate unconscious thought is that we need to fix it. We need to fix it so that we can either um, appear to be a good mother to those around us or we uh, can validate in our own mind that we are a good mother. Okay, and this happens 
very unconsciously. And so you'd really have to dig deep to see if this is something that's happening for you. And one of the ways, a little evidence, I think, that could help you figure this out is when you're in that moment where your child is losing it and you feel the tension rising inside of yourself and you can feel that you're about to lose it, is to ask yourself, why do I feel the need to make them feel better? Now, you might get a variety of reasons, right? It might be, I just want to help them. I want to help them feel better. I don't like when they're sad because it just hurts my heart. Or this is embarrassing. If you're more on the line of this is embarrassing or you're feeling shame about the way your kids are behaving or you notice that when your child behaves a certain way that you're looking to see the reaction of the other adults, like even in very subtle ways, then this might be the reason that you lose it when your kids lose it because you're trying to control or change the way that they're behaving so that you can feel better about yourself as a mother. Keep in mind that this can be more widespread than just shame or embarrassment. It can be other emotions too, but the main thing you want to realize is, do I feel like I need to make them feel better so that then I can feel better? And in a way, it's us using our kids to regulate our own emotions, which isn't the best setup, but it is something that does happen often because in our minds that seems to make sense. Like, wouldn't it make sense that our kids' outcomes and their behaviors would be evidence that we've done a good job as a mom or that we're doing a good job as a mom? So that does make logical sense initially. But then when you come to realize that you have to control your child in order for you to feel good, that's when it becomes problematic and we need to choose other indicators that we are good mothers and not just solely our children's behaviors. And I'll get a little, I'll touch on that a little bit later in the podcast. All right. Another reason that we tend to try to feel what our kids are feeling. So when they're sad, we're sad. When they're angry, we get upset is that sometimes we try to intentionally connect with them or meet them at a certain level by emulating what they're feeling. And that works in some emotional realms, but not others. So that would work really well with sadness or, you know, if they break a toy and they are super sad about it, even though as an adult, it's like, you know, you could, we can get another one super easy or you have a lot of other toys or this isn't just a big deal to them. It is to them. It would be like, you know, it would be like for us losing our house or our car or our phone, right? Or our job, right? But for a kid, that wouldn't be a big deal because they can't really understand what it means to have a car and lose a car. They might be like, well, mom, just get another one, you know? But we have been kids before, so we can go back to when we, when our whole world might have been centered around a certain toy or theme or cartoon and the thing that we have that represents that breaks and it's heartbreaking for them, right? So in that case, going back to and empathizing with that emotion can be really good and you can talk about how you felt about that. But when it's something like anger or frustration or you know, you're saying no and they're pushing back against that, to also become angry 
doesn't help to bring more connection and understanding or control to the situation. All you've done is created instead of just one person who's angry, your child, now you have two people that are angry and frustrated and acting out, you and your child. So it doesn't actually help to go there and try to meet them where they are when they're in that kind of an emotion, anger, frustration, or they're acting out in in not good ways. So we become more reactive and that does not solve any problems that I have ever encountered. All right, so now I want to share with you some of the principles that help me manage myself better when I feel like I want to lose it because my kids are losing it, right? So you can think of a situation in your life or think of one like mine when I give my children a no answer and they're upset about that and they start acting out. So one of the main things to keep in mind is I want to call the rule of whose is whose business. And by not your business, I mean not your responsibility to fix. So you're not responsible for how your children think, feel, and act. Meaning it's not your job to make them feel better. Don't confuse this with just abandoning them or being a neglectful parent, because that's not what I'm talking about. How your children think, feel, and act is their business and not yours. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't set boundaries in place or family systems or consequences. Yes, even for your children that are differently abled or cognitively different. What this means is that you don't have to get upset or match your child's emotions or even feel what your children are feeling or even be upset about how they're acting or become emotionally volatile just because your kids are. You don't have to feel terrible just because your kids are feeling terrible. And you're not a bad mom for doing so. And I don't mean like, oh, I don't care how you feel, honey. You just send your tantrum over there and, um, you know, whatever. I like to think of it more like what I learned from Joe Newman. And he talked about holding, he talked about how our children are like lions. And when they feel that there's been an injustice or when they get upset about something, they start to lash out, right? And that's because they're still learning how to regulate their own emotions. But when they are lashing out, we don't necessarily go up and tackle a big lion that is angry. In this case, that's a little cub lion because we might get bitten or scratched. But what we can do is we can Hold them within a boundary. So have the image of your lion cub and it's inside of a cage. Boundaries that keep them safe. Boundaries of expectations of this is how we behave in our family. This behavior is appropriate and this behavior is not. And you as the parent are holding that cage. When your child is having a tantrum, you're holding the cage and allowing them to process their emotions, but not allowing them to treat other people poorly or to to treat other people poorly or to harm themselves or anything like that. You're holding that cage and that boundary, but you're not holding the cage and rattling it and say, stop 
roaring. In this case, stop crying, stop crying, because I can't handle it. Like, it's the calmness on the outside where you can hold a space that your child can work it out, and you can coach them through it. This is more possible when you're functioning from a lens of these thoughts and emotions are their business. Me saying no is my business. Them getting upset about it is their business. And I will be here to coach them through it, but it doesn't mean I'm just going to say yes because they want it and they're throwing a big tantrum about it. It also doesn't mean that I have to get upset and that that's mean to my child. I'm going to be calm over here so that we at least have one sane person and calm person in this interaction, and I can coach them and teach them. And for your children, the coaching and the teaching might look like just talking to them. It might look like taking a break and coming back to it later, especially if you're starting to feel upset. It might look like doing emotional regulation with them. So if they do allow you to touch them or massage them or to hug them or, um, you know, like those kinds of physical ways to help your children regulate their emotions until they learn to do it on their own. It could be talking. It might be getting fresh air outside. And so we can do things that can help them emotionally regulate, but we're not trying to regulate their emotions so that we feel better. We're trying to regulate their emotions so that they can feel better. Now, another principle that has really helped me in this is to realize that life is 50-50. And I talked about this in my episode on the human condition, that getting upset is part of the human condition. Therefore, it's not a problem. One of the reasons we struggle as mothers because our children are upset is because we think it's a problem if they're upset for whatever reason, but it's a problem. So we try to calm them down and to help them behave in ways that we feel is appropriate or happier because in our minds, the lens that we're looking through through is saying there's a problem, there's a problem. Now, sometimes that's true, right? Especially when they're little kids or when they, um, like babies or when they can't talk. It's, oh, they're crying because they're hungry. Let's solve that problem. They're crying because they're tired or they got hurt. So as a mom, you can pretty much distinguish between the two, right? But when they're crying because they're trying to get their way and you have given them a no answer, then it's like, they're upset. That makes a lot of sense. They're not getting what they want. But there's not a problem here. There's not a problem that they're feeling that way and that they're upset. So I don't need to try to fix their emotions. I just get to coach them through what it feels like to be upset and disappointed. To be bored or to not get what they want. You become the coach in that moment instead of the problem solver. Because that problem of how they think about the situation and how they're feeling about it is not something you can fix. It's something that you can support them through as they learn to manage their emotions and the way that they think and the way that they act. Another principle that's really helped me is to not take their emotions personally. Meaning that when my kids are struggling with emotions, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad mother. 
Like when my children are upset, it's not because I'm a bad mom and that's why they're upset. That if I was a good mom, my kids would be less upset. That's not true, right? Because we've already discussed the human condition. Half is awesome and half is not. We all struggle at some point and we succeed in others, right? This is a normal passage of human development. All children, special needs or no special needs, all children pass through the development of learning to manage their own emotions, learning to manage their own thinking, learning to manage their own behaviors. Now with our kids that are special needs, what this can mean is that they're struggling with emotional regulation due to differing or additional factors than a typically developing child would, such as genetics, imbalanced brain chemistry, imbalanced hormones, different circumstantial issues, medical or physical issues. And that's mixed in with the normal things like lack of sleep, lack of you know nutrition, um, and then just the typical developing child that that's a, a skill set that you have to learn. So when we can look through the lens of this is normal development, then we can help regulate our own emotions by realizing this is normal. Five to seven, 10 to 20, or 20 or more times a day, my child's going to be feeling this is the best day ever and this is the worst day ever. And they get that practice of learning how to regulate their own emotions and realize that emotions really can last for a moment, right? Unless we're stuck in the emotion. That's another topic for another day. So healthy, normal human experiences include emotional upset. It includes times that we lose it and coming back from it. All right. I also want to touch on this idea of how it can feel abandoning on an emotional level when you just decide to not feel upset because your children are upset. So for example, when you are at the playground and and this happened just recently with my husband, some kids came up, they saw our kids there and they came up and tried to interact with our kids and the two youngest were there and they're currently nonverbal and um, you struggle in different ways. So these other kids whom we didn't know came up and attempted to interact with our children and it was strange for them. So the kids turned around and saw my husband and their question was, what's wrong with them? Right? Which innocent kids seems like a normal question, right? But then the kids continued to not just what's wrong with them, but they continued to be like, oh, it's so weird. I don't like it. They're weird. And this is uncomfortable for me. That kind of a narrative. And at that point, it's super easy to feel pain in your heart and in your gut for your kids and then to also get offended and defensive for your kids you know and don't make such harsh judgments you know and luckily we are more generous with kids than we are with adults when adults have this kind of behavior towards your kids with special needs what happens in that moment is we decide we need to jump into our children's hurt emotions and we need to be fierce and defend our children I'm not saying you shouldn't defend your children, but what I'm saying is that when you jump into and defend from a place of hurt or anger or frustration or outrage, 
that you tend to start losing it the moment that your kids start to lose it, right? Because when we function in our brains from really intense emotion, it actually shuts off our logical thinking brain. And so it makes it hard for us to make logical decisions with what we say and what we do. So when I often say what other people think and say and do is their business and you shouldn't be in their business or the same for your kids, you shouldn't be in their business, it can feel often like neglectful or abandoning your child. But it's not because what you're simply doing is separating your emotional life from their emotional life. And instead of experiencing emotions vicariously through our children, I'm trying to paint some imagery for you. We can observe their emotions from the outside and then we can be a force for good and help to them because we aren't swimming in the same emotion they're swimming in um, or blinded by the same emotion they're blinded by. I don't know that blinded is the best word to use, but I'm trying to paint a little bit of imagery here. So it is from that place that then you can go to address what the children have said and talk to them and teach them address what other adults have said and talk to them and teach them and even defend your children in a way that doesn't put you in an emotionally volatile space all right so i'm going to sum up by giving you a couple of little tools that i use to help myself remain calm and they are derived from the principles that i just shared with you So the first one is to look through the lens of separate business. Let them have their own thoughts, feelings, and actions. And you can have yours. You can manage yours separate from them. And you can help them learn to manage theirs separate from you. Holding the cage, which I had mentioned a little earlier. Create a safe space where they can process their emotions but still hold them within the boundary, but still hold them within the boundary of what's appropriate for you and your family. All right, third is positive self-talk. So coming up with mantras of some kind that in the moment you feel yourself boiling up, you can say to yourself. It could be something like, stay calm, or let them feel their emotions or you're just here to hold the cage and create the safe space, or I am a coach in this moment, or I don't need my child to be okay for me to be okay, or I can show up for them better when I let their business be their business, or I am here to help them learn how to regulate their emotions, not to use them to regulate my emotions. All right, so those are some of the ones that work for me. Play around with it and see what can work for you. And the last one is to take a break, a physical break away from each other, where you're able to separate yourselves, give yourselves some time to calm down emotionally, and then come back when you're calm and try to address it again. Now, sometimes this looks like me looking at my kids and going, kids, I can't talk about this right now, or so I need to go in my room and I'll be back in five minutes. Now, that works with my older child, but not my younger two. So with my younger two, that looks more like putting them in a space to take a break, whether that's a chair or their bedroom, someplace safe for them, 
where they can calm down. And sometimes that's sitting on my lap and me holding them. Sometimes that's in a separate room. So, but either way, it's getting a little break to just process emotions and calm down, holding the space. All right, I hope you found some value out of that today. And send me an email at that email address below or come and join the Facebook group Mamas Have Special Needs Too. And I'll see you later. Take care.